welcome back to the next episode of Lace Up and Listen. I'm your host, Amelia Uphill, aka The Uphill Runner. And as mum to one-year-old Max and aspiring marathon runner, I'll be sharing insights about how to juggle mum duties while still finding time for running. Each week, I'll bring you a conversation with a different inspiring expert guest to help you maximise your training, whether you're a new mum returning to running postnatally or building up to running marathons and more. There'll be a new episode available every week to keep you company throughout your training or to relax with on a rest day. My guest for this episode is Joe Wilkinson. Joe is an England Athletics qualified running coach and has also competed at an elite level, including running the 10,000 metres in the Commonwealth Games. We're going to be talking about why she made the switch from runner to coach and what to look for when hiring a running coach. We also discuss steps you could take if you were considering training as a coach yourself. Hello, thank you so much for joining me. It's a real pleasure. Let's get started straight away uh, with asking how you started your own running journey. So I actually have been running since school. Um, I would say I was at primary school and, and we always had this team that went to the district sports and I was never good enough to qualify and, and just always wanted to be part of it. And then went to senior school and we tried the 800 metres and I just found something I was quite good at. Um and we had a school sports day at our local athletics track and one of the coaches came and said, would you like to come and join the club? And, and that was it, really. I just fell in love with it from that moment and ran all the way through until I was 18, um, mostly running on the track, a bit of cross country. Then I do say I, I went to university and I must admit, I quite enjoyed life for a couple of years, <laughs> the party years, as I like to refer to them, um, sometimes the drinking years. Um, <laughs> but then actually got back into it again uh, when I met my husband. And I, I have told this story before, but I am inherently competitive and we'd only known each other a couple of weeks and we were watching London Marathon and he said, oh, I used to be quite a good runner. And I and I said, I don't think you were ever as good as I was. <laughs> and he said, no, no, I was. I was thinking, no, really, you weren't. And that was it. I just felt obliged to prove to him who was the best runner and uh, got back into it from there and just casually running and, and then actually what then really made the difference to my running was meeting um, a man called Alec Stanton and his wife, Rosemary, uh, who are phenomenal coaches and, and were coaches to Paula Radcliffe and, and many other uh, great runners. And just really meeting Alec kind of inspired me to actually start taking running much more seriously. And really, that's it. That's where I, how I led to where I am now. <laughs> and do you have something that's a favourite moment or a favourite race or a race that was kind of a turning point for you, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, it was qualifying for the Commonwealth Games uh, all the way back in 2002. Uh, I'd been with Alec for uh, three years by then. And like I say, was running a a lot more seriously, but never expected to run in the Commonwealth Games. Um, But just came off across, I was a 1500 metre runner up to that point. And I came off a really good cross country season but looked at the 1500 metres and thought, I'm, I'm not, just not good enough to qualify. But thought, well, <laughs> rather randomly, um, I reckon I've got a chance in the 10,000. So, wow, that's a big jump up. 
I know. I say. I, I mean, I came off a cross country, which is sort of you know about eight k. You run in cross country, and and um, so you know it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like I hadn't been running that distance, but just thought you know this is my one chance to qualify for this this amazing event, um, and so. I say I actually wrote to the selectors because this was 2002 before really emails had taken off. I'm so old and said, you know, could I could I withdraw from the 1500 meter trials and enter the 10,000 trials instead? Um, I've never run it on the track, but I had run it on the road. And fortunately, they agreed. And so my first ever 10,000 on the track was the trials for the Commonwealth Games. And I just, yeah, set off thinking and I had a plan and I had to run the qualifying time and I had to finish in the top two. And and I just set off thinking, right, I just got to stick to this pace that I know I'm capable of. And and everybody else ran off too fast. And I was running around in those early laps thinking this could either be really embarrassing or it's going to work out. And just slowly as the race went on and on, one by one, you know, those other girls came back to me and, you know, I I, I did what I needed to do. I finished in second place um, and just literally dissolved into tears as I cross the line and there's one of my favorite photos of all time which is me with with Hayley Yelling who was the other um uh athlete who qualified for England and just yeah and and to me I look at that photo and that that just sums up this what it meant it was such an uh, I felt it was such an amazing achievement and it was really the start of of some even better things after that yes because I've been watching on the Olympics recently um some of the running on the the athletics on the track and isn't it 25 laps you've got to do to it do is. 10,000 for me I said oh my goodness having the mental discipline as well as the physical discipline to get around 25 times and what if you lose count or oh my goodness it, it is incredibly hard <laughs> and you have to be really focused and I, w- I was really fortunate that obviously I had Alec my coach um and you know obviously Paula and all the all the things she'd achieved and she was a very experienced 10,000 meter runner so I had some advice from some good people but it is just a case of running and you know and I say now to people don't look at the lap counter because it's just it blows your mind you know just don't look at it just keep running and running and then when it gets down to single figures then you can look at it and start counting off those laps but it is I do I might be biased but I do think it's such a tough event to run um but, you know, it's, it's kind of really tactical as well. But it's it's great. Yeah, definitely. I suppose at least the benefit of being on the track is that it's flat. <laughs> well, I say this to people. I'm always trying to encourage more people to, to move from the road onto the track and say, look, you know, track running is for everybody. And I always say, you know, you get runners and you say, oh, well, is it a 10K? Is it a PB course? Is it a PB course? Well, I can tell you a track is a PB course because it is, as you say, really flat. There's no hills. No, you know, you know what it's like on a 10K, you come around the bend and, and all of a sudden there's a massive hill that you weren't expecting and, and all your aspirations for a certain time go out the window. Well, you don't have that on the track, but you have got to get your head around going round and round and round all those times. And I know you've obviously, like you've mentioned, achieved some amazing running experiences and been part of some really, really, really cool events. And it's just, yeah, it's blowing my mind, I have to say. But is there anything <laughs> that you're still kind of thinking, mm, I still that's on my bucket list, I still want to take it off? Because I know recently you've been doing things like the uh, I can't remember which ultra it was or was it the 24 hours uh... yeah it was a 24 hour race um yeah it's funny this because I, I am in that situation in life where it, it's amazing to have run great pbs it really is incredible but it does mean there's nowhere else to go with those <laughs> 
I am only getting slower. And, um, and you have to kind of get your head around that, try not to be too depressed about it and, and look for other things that might provide a challenge. And I entered that 24 hour race with some friends for a bit of a laugh. Um, I did do some training, I'm not going to lie to you, but but perhaps not as well prepared as I might have been for events in the fast past. But yeah, I I kind of quite enjoyed it actually. It, it was it really it really did give me a huge sense of achievement. And so I've always resisted the urge of ultras. It just seems like running slowly for a very long time. <laughs> Which although I've talked about running around a ten thousand meter track, that's a really long time. Um, but maybe maybe I'm starting to come round to that and think that might be that might be something for me to to look at. Um, I, but I think in some ways actually my main sense of achievement now is is with coaching and that's where I'm getting that that buzz and that kick and that sense of achievement from um trying to to bring other people on and and live vicariously through their achievements <laughs> okay yeah let's talk a little bit about that then let's talk about how how did you make that switch from being the runner to being the coach I know you've obviously had some brilliant coaches when you were the athlete on in the team how what made you make that switch well it wasn't people had said to me for some time and my husband kept saying to me oh you should take up coaching I, said, I don't want to take up coaching I want to carry on running <laughs> I'm a runner not a coach uh and, and I you know having had some amazing coaches I know how much time and commitment it takes and so it wasn't really on my radar and then I was attempting my 94th comeback um after injury uh it felt like relatively unsuccessfully trying to run thinking I might run sub three hours for the marathon again and I just managed to really badly injure myself through stupidity and overdoing it and and all of the rest and really you know I think I ended up with a with a bit of a stress fracture potentially in my pelvis I don't you know it was just you know and you kind of think oh well that's it just stop being so stupid Joe you're not going to run that fast anymore and so I was feeling a bit down about things and then literally just into my inbox drops an email from UK Athletics saying we're running this elite athletes coach program. Would you like to join it? And I kind of thought, well, I'm not going to be running for the next few months. So why not? And went along and just, even from the first day thought, wow, this is even on that first day, just learned so much and just saw running from this different perspective. And I was just hooked from the start, really. I just absolutely loved it and then obviously you know as part of that course you have to do some practical coaching so started coaching at Watford Harriers it's where we were living at the time and yeah just just really really enjoyed it and found it so much more rewarding and interesting than I thought I would and and it's really grown from there Mm, it just gave you yeah I I understand what you mean about that different perspective definitely Mm. I I say to a lot of people it's a bit like you know, when you're a child or a young person, you look at how your parents are and you you judge them and you think, oh, you know, <laughs> whatever, I would do it this way, I would do it that way or whatever. Or you only see it from a child's perspective, don't you? And then you become a parent and you suddenly look at things with different eyes, don't you? And think, ah, now I understand. Now I see the challenges. Now I and that's what for me, it was like moving from being a runner to being a coach. It was like suddenly seeing this sport that I'd been involved in for 30 years through these completely different eyes and and from this completely different perspective. Now, obviously, quite a lot of the listeners, or in fact, probably all of the listeners on on here, they're not necessarily advanced or elite runners. Are running coaches only for that sort of runner? Or what if you want to just improve 
but you're just an everyday runner. Uh, absolutely, coaches are for you. And I think I, I think the best coaches can work with anybody. And I I know Alec and say who who coached Paula and he coached Liz Yelling, who went to the Olympics as well, and myself. What was always so special about Alec was that he wanted to work with people that wanted to improve. And I feel very much the same way in my own coaching. Amazing though it is to coach those in those kind of at the very top level, actually what you really want is someone that's going to work with you and wants to engage and wants to improve. Um, and so I think, you know, that could be anybody and, and you can genuinely get as much satisfaction from someone breaking a PB, whether it's running under 60 minutes for 10K or whether it's running under 30 minutes for 10K you know that there's if if it's the person like I say those ones that want to want to get better that's what I always kind of look for in people and I think coaching is more than just this is what I feel quite passionate and I say to people if you just want a training plan download one for free there's loads on the internet download them for free but what coaching is about is looking at the whole package it's not just writing a training plan it's looking at how does this work for this person and I when I ran at my best, when I, you know, I said to you, I finished in the top 20 of the London Marathon. I had a child at that time. You know, my son was, uh, he, when I got my first Great Britain vest, he was two years. In fact, he was 18 months old. Um, so, you know, he was he was a young child, not yet at school. I was working because, you know, the reality is you don't make a lot of money as an athlete. So working, um, obviously, I've got, uh, I, I was married, I was in, you know, managing your, your relationship as well. And my husband works, works long hours and was away quite a lot. So there's juggling. And, and what always made the difference to me with Alec was that he looked at that and he could he could have set a training plan that would have fitted Paula, who was a full-time athlete and all the rest of it, but he didn't. He set a training plan that worked for me with the life that I had and the commitments that I had and therefore was able to get the best out of me. And that's what coaching brings. It's not just following a training plan. It's not just working you know with with an elite athlete it's actually taking the person and saying right what's going to work best for this person with their life and their commitments and their ability and their time that they have to get the the best that they want to be and obviously anybody who does get a generic training plan perhaps even if it fits around and they can fit in running on whatever day it says or whatever time it says for example it might not be perhaps suited to their body or their help them improve. Do you, is that part of it as well? Yeah, and I think as well that um, you know I, I write training plans obviously all the time for for the runners I coach. Invariably, they change because you write a plan, you know, ahead. You, you obviously you know the whole the whole um, part of the skill and the knowledge and the expertise is looking ahead and working out how is the training I'm doing at these different points throughout the plan going to you know, accumulate in this this race that we want to to run well in. But things change, you know, sometimes things change for not so good reasons. You pick up an injury or a niggle or like I say, you suddenly have a terrible week at work and you, you know, you miss several days because you're or a week because you're working late. That you then have to change the plan <laughs> because you can't just jump back in. And and that often is when I find runners get injured because they just try to jump straight back in where they were without appreciating that they need to amend it because things have changed. And sometimes you need to amend it because actually you do more than you think. So sometimes I might write quite a cautious plan 
and then actually somebody is able to do the training and really make more progress than we hope so then we can you know kind of change the plan in a positive way to reflect the fact that actually they've moved further forward so I think it's you know that's that's the difference between just having a training plan and having a coach is that coaching is responsive to what to how things have gone be that good or bad um and always kind of looking looking back and then looking forward so the thing with a training plan I will say to people is don't be afraid to change it <laughs> don't be afraid to you know move it around the only caveat I put to that is is when you know and I say this to my runners sometimes you, you cannot unfortunately do nothing for two weeks and then shuffle all your runs together in one big block <laughs> you know you've got to be and I think that's where people really struggle sometimes is knowing what to miss out and what actually you just have to accept you haven't done and I think sometimes an objective perspective Mm, yeah because obviously with if you're if you're working with a coach you've got someone with that expertise on your side and or if you're just looking at the plethora of things online and you don't know which one to choose <laughs> with how many runs you should be doing a week how many rest days how much time you've got to fit it in it's probably I'm sure lovely to have that feeling of okay someone else will sort it out for, for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think as well that you know we, we all dare I make a sweeping generalization about runners but we all have this slightly obsessive quality I think sometimes if it's on the plan I must run it <laughs> you know I can't and I've just had a conversation over WhatsApp with one of my runners today he says I've got a bit of sore throat well don't run <laughs> you know what don't run <laughs> you'll only make it worse by running um I don't care that it's on the plan and the beauty I have is I could just delete it off the plan and then say well it's not on there anymore so now you can't run it um so I think you know sometimes it is that object objectivity to say just because it's on the plan you don't need to do it um and also that as you were saying sometimes that you know somebody sometimes people say oh I've missed a session I've missed a long run I've missed this other session I'll do them all one after the other back to back but actually probably what you're doing then is getting a bit overtired and and you know you probably just need somebody to say we're going to drop this one out of all of these ones because that's probably the least uh detrimental or the most beneficial one for us to drop or, or for us to do Mm. so if someone's deciding that they think yeah I'm going to go for it I'm going to hire a running coach going to try it out what sort of thing should they be looking for in choosing the coach that's someone who's a good fit for them because obviously it's got to be that relationship there as well surely yeah absolutely so obviously I think I'm a British athletics coach um, and I think that um, you're always wise to look at somebody, a British athletics coach. Um, Obviously, you know, it's the governing body and you know then that somebody has has undergone some appropriate training and and knows what they're talking about. And also actually is covered by insurance as well, because, you know, you you should something awful, terrible happen. You know, you want to be sure. Um, And again, also the other thing with it, with being a, a qualified coach is that you have a DBS check as well. So you know that this person is reputable and, and respectful and all the rest of it. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. Then I think it is actually about looking at, is, is this the right person for me? And I know I'm not the right person for everybody. I always say, I don't like everybody. And I know that everyone's going to like me. And it's not a reflection on me or them. That's just life, isn't it? How we go. And and I think you, you do need to find somebody. I always have a conversation with a coach. Um, they should always be willing to have a conversation with you to find out, you know, what is their perspective? What is their understanding? Um, and how do you get on as, as people? Because I think almost all coaching relationships, when you look at them, there has to be some 
you know, there has to be a connection between the coach and the and the runner if it's going to be successful. And and that doesn't matter again whether you are somebody that that you know just wants to finish your first park run or somebody that wants to go on to the elite level. You've got to believe in your coach and they've got to believe in you. So have that conversation with them. Yeah, because I can imagine, I've just got this picture in my head of someone who thinks, oh, I hate my coach, they're not right for me. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to do everything they don't say to do. And I think, yeah, that could obviously <laughs> end in tears, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 there's got to be trust between you. I mean, I laugh, actually, because, you know, there's all, there's been days I, I was saying to another, again, another runner conversation this week saying, um, she went out and did something. And I was like, I do understand that I'm a runner. And I remember once I was coming back again from an injury and uh, there was a 10 mile race at where I was living. And I thought, oh, I'll just enter it as a bit of training run, you know. And actually, then you get in the race and you get a bit competitive. And any, anyway, I ended up winning it. And I thought, oh, I've got to tell Alec. And oh, well, I'll tell him. But then I'd left and actually somebody picked up the trophy and gave to, and said, "Oh, I'm in the same um, same club as Joe." So they picked up the trophy and gave the trophy to Alec when they next went down the club, which was before I'd confessed that I'd done this ten mile race. <laughs> so nobody's perfect, <laughs> and understandably, it was a little bit kind of like cross. But thankfully, no harm had been done. So we're all human, um, and we all don't listen. We all don't listen to our coach at times. But generally, there should be a relationship of trust and honesty between you. <laughs> If that if I were doing 10 mile races every week without telling him, I'm not sure our relationship would have lasted very long. Yeah, if it's if it's the if it's the relationship I'm describing, I've got in my head, then perhaps it's time to yeah, time to find someone else. Definitely. <laughs> Obviously a lot of the people who are listening um are also either new mums or busy mums or just returning to running after having their children. Could that be the right time to start investing in a running coach or do, or how can that fit in around kind of those sorts of life changes? Because I know you said that obviously your son was really young when you were um, moving into the elite level, but it's that, that might not be for everyone, obviously. I mean, it, it's, it is so hard to get back to running after a baby. Um, again, it's one of the things I feel quite passionate about because I think sometimes we look on social media and think, oh, you know, pop the baby out and I'll be running next week. Um, just don't believe it. Or if people are, well, lucky for them. But for most of us, that's not the experience. Um, with my son, I, I you know, I, and I say I ran up until six days before I had him. It sounds marvellous. It wasn't very fast running at all, but you know, it was more to kind of keep me slightly sane. And then ended up having a terrible cesarean section and went from, being able to run six days before I had him to hardly being able to walk and thinking this is the end of my world um just you know that the whole overwhelming experience of having a baby particularly if perhaps the birth isn't what you think um and it took me you know it did take me quite a long while to come back and actually I have to say I was already coached by Alec then and and I I'm afraid I can't offer this service to most people and (laughs) But Alec, he happened to live nearby and he could see I was really struggling, you know, struggling with feeling really down and and probably bordering on that kind of postnatal depression. And he said to me, right, I'm going to come over and push that baby around in the pram. And I don't care what you do. We're just going to jog around the field. That's all. And bless him, he came over twice a week and literally just pushed my son around in the pram. And all I did was jog around the field for a couple of months until I kind of got over, you know, just gradually... it settles down doesn't you? you you kind of you know you get more sleep and and you get used to being the whole world change that you have when you become a mum um 
and and gradually got back into running. So I think, you know, I I do say to any women, actually, I do think there is value to getting a coach, but you have to get one that understands, you know, there, there is a, it takes time to come back after having a baby. It takes time for everybody to rebuild the changes that happen to you in pregnancy, which even if you have the most straightforward birth in the world are, are dramatic. Um, and so I think if you find a coach that understands what you need to do to get back, it can be incredibly supportive because it, you know, it is a difficult journey at that point. Um, so I wouldn't rule it out, but definitely find somebody that, that, that knows what they're talking about and can support you in the way that you need to be supported. Okay, yeah, that makes absolute sense. <laughs> <laughs> and if they come and push the baby around in a pram, that is a real bonus. <laughs> I, I assume, yeah, you do do quite a lot of coaching kind of virtually or online. How do you find that works? Does, does that work well for you in, in general? Yeah, so I, my, um, this is relevant, <laughs> I promise. My husband's in the RAF, and so we move house uh, a lot with his job. We move house roughly every sort of 18 months to two years. And so actually I was only ever at Bedford, which is where Alec lives, um, every now and then, as it were. So I was there, we lived there for four months, which is when I started running with him, and then we moved away. And then we fortunately, just through timing, happened to move back just um, two months after I had my son we moved back and so hence he was able to come over and, and push Callum round and all the rest of it but then we moved away again and so through most of my running career and most of me running at, at the top level I didn't live near anywhere near Alec and so we did all of our communication remotely um, but what was important was the relationship that we had and the understanding and the level of communication so I probably spoke to him maybe not every day but definitely several times a week um, so he always knew what I was doing running wise and how it was going and what changes we need to make and all the rest of it so to me coaching remotely is not unusual because that's how I was coached um, it's about communication you know do you know how the person is running do you know how everything is going for them now and and you know I know coaches that that coach face to face and couldn't tell you that about their athletes so to some extent, whether they see somebody or not is less important. That said, I do love coaching face-to-face. I lo- it, there is something great about seeing people running as well. So I like the mix of the coaching that I do. A lot of it is is remote. But like I say, I could tell you, I could look at my runners and, and pretty much tell you how they're all getting on and how they're all running at the moment, um, even though we're not, we're not geographically close. Um, but I do actually also enjoy that there's a couple of groups I coach face to face on a regular basis. And, and, you know, I just enjoy that side of it as well. What would you say is your favourite thing about coaching? Oh, my favourite thing. <laughs> I can tell you what my least favourite thing is. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. I was going to say my least favourite thing is the nerves before races. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, you're going to be the one who gets the blame if it all goes wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not the blame. It's it's just you want people so I've been an athlete I know what it's like to feel nervous before races and I don't think it matters who you are everybody feels nervous um but when you're an athlete it's in your hands isn't it (laughs) at the end of the day you you can you're running the race you can control it within reason obviously but when you're a coach there's nothing you can do you just have to sit back and literally cross your fingers and hope for the best and hope it's going to work out and and I find that really hard really yeah just so nerve-wracking 
Yeah, I can relate to that because I think when I was younger, I used to do a lot of ballet, and whenever we were in a ballet exam, like no one, no one could even look in, and I just remember our teacher and our mums all waiting outside, just kind of thinking, "What on earth is going on in there?" Like, and then hope they don't come out crying. Yeah, well, this is it because actually, when you go to watch a race, at least you can shout the person on, you know, not you know, give them encouragement and, and all the rest of it. But actually, it's even worse for some of the runners I coach. I'm not there at the race, so I can't even see. I am literally waiting for the text <laughs> to tell me, and I always think, oh god, <laughs> come on, you must have finished by now. Why haven't you texted me? <laughs> it's horrific. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're not there in real life. Definitely. <laughs> So I suppose then the best thing is when they do achieve something amazing, you know, it's just incredible. I'm so delighted whenever anybody runs really well and and it's just, and they're delighted with it. You know, that that I think is the best thing is is if they feel that they've had a really great run and um, achieve what they wanted. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you say, live a bit vicariously through them. (laughs) And what about for anybody who, is currently a runner, either an everyday runner or someone more advanced, someone who's been running for a long time, and they're thinking, oh, actually, I'd quite like to give coaching a go. I'd quite like to train, be, move on to that side. What would you suggest as a starting point for that or any advice you'd give? Absolutely do it <laughs> would be my best advice. Um, yeah, if you go on to um, England Athletics website or if you're in Scotland, Northern Ireland or Wales, they're equivalent. Um, you'll find about uh, a range of courses that they run. You can get into it through leadership courses or assistant coach if you're interested in track and field, which is a one day course and, it, and it's a sort of introduction um, to coaching. And then also you can look at moving on to the full coaching qualification, but definitely give it a go. And, and going back to what I said about, you know, sometimes we're obsessive and sometimes we, dare I say, even slightly selfish. I have to say, moving into coaching has done wonders for my own running um partly I started off I said to you I was I had this terrible injury so I couldn't even run at all when I started coaching but as I got back you know as I got back to my own running it dawned on me that it wasn't really a very good look for a coach to be injured all the time and I should probably think a bit more sensibly I think a bit more like a coach about my own running rather than just thinking like a brother and it like I say it changed my perspective on my own running because I just yeah stopped doing silly things <laughs> like running 10 mile races <laughs> without telling your coach when you hadn't trained for them um <laughs> and started yeah being a bit more objective and having again having run for 30 years and, and trained for 30 years actually it was really interesting I felt like it put us I knew that certain sessions really helped and I knew how we kind of put the sessions together and 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 the fact that that would lead to a great run in the race I wanted it to. But what it what it gave me as a coach was the understanding of why and just a deeper understanding of why we do that, how we do it and how we can do it again. And, and like I say, those understandings about how to make changes to my own training plans for myself to, to make me a better runner. So not only is it a great thing, it's really fulfilling and uplifting and, and a great thing to do. But if you are still a runner yourself, you'll find it really helps your own running. So go to England Athletics, go to British Athletics websites, look at their courses. Um, If you are a member of a running club, you get a discount on them. So go for it, I would say. 
Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that encouragement and inspiration and all the little anecdotes as well along the way. Um, what If people want to find out more about your own running experience or all the achievements you've done, or maybe if they want to uh, uh, either look at you as hiring you as a coach, what, uh, how can people find you that way? Um, I'm on Instagram at runningjoe10k. Uh, and I'm also I have my website, which is www.runningjoe.co.uk. So please give me a follow. I'm also on uh, Twitter and Facebook, isn't everybody these days? Um, but yeah, please do give me a follow. If you're on Instagram, yeah, absolutely. I'm always love chatting to people on Instagram. I spend far too much time messing around. Um, chatting away on Instagram. So but these days, I pretend it's work. So no, I've got to do this. It's work. <laughs> So, um, yeah, please do look me up. But, you know, please do ask as well. I'm, I'm also actually the um, for the east of England, uh, the regional, sorry, the southeast, not just the east, the uh, regional coach lead for endurance. So actually, my role is to support up and coming aspiring coaches. So, you know, you can get in touch with me via England Athletics as well in that, that official capacity. If you want any advice on coaching, and I run regular webinars for England Athletics as well, which are free. So if you are registered with an athletics club, you know, find out about me that way as well and come along and join in amazing thank you so much thank you it's been really great to chat to you whether you're a new mum thinking about starting your postpartum exercise journey or you're working your way through couch to 5k if you've got a new post baby pb or you're listening along on a gentle jog Share your experiences using the hashtag Lace Up and Listen to be in with a chance of featuring on next week's episode as our Lace Up and Listener of the Week. Maybe you've been inspired by Joe to research more running coaches or to study for your first coaching qualification. This week's Lace Up and Listener is Hannah McKenzie. Not only did she enjoy listening to last week's episode on a recent lunchtime walk, she's also been mixing her running up by having a go at the interval sessions I posted on Instagram last week. Well done, Hannah. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share and leave a review. If you have suggestions for potential topics or future guests, then I'd love to hear from you too. You can contact me on Instagram at The Uphill Runner or use the hashtag LaceUpAndListen. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. There'll be another episode available next week at the same time. If you can't wait that long, don't forget you can still download and listen to all the previous episodes, including from series one and two. Looking forward to running with you next time.